This week, this is a marathon week as far as the podcast goes. Uh, last night we did uh, the hip hop group chat number one. Uh, we brought on Paul Shuley, who's our videographer and just a good buddy of ours. And uh, you're going to hear from every member of the band this week. You're going to hear from you know Ken, Erica, Eric, Jimmy, if he wants to leave the house. Uh, but on right now. And sitting six feet away from me, as you can see on our live stream, is our boy, Mr. Will Shade. Mr. William Shade, how are we doing today, buddy? Doing good. How are you? I'm good, man. You better be. I'm six feet away from you. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we are not going to harp on the coronavirus thing right now because I think you're getting enough of that from everywhere else. I don't think that's super necessary right now from us. Uh, But one thing we are going to do is through our social media, through the podcast, everything we're doing, you know, promote you know, healthy ways to interact if you're going to interact at all. You know, me and Will were just talking off, you know, off air about the fact that before we do anything else this week, we need to work on our social distancing, make sure we don't. I'm even going to skip the fucking gym, which is like, I'd rather not do that. Um, hey, but you can do it at home. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to be doing push-ups, sit-ups, whatever. But yeah. my wife texted me and was like, okay, so that's your last gym trip until this shit is all over. So, um, yes. you know, what the missus says, she's usually smarter than I am, so I'm going to go with that. She's uh, right. Uh, Squilly, how you making out, buddy? How's your day been so far? <laughs> Doing good. Uh, I had This is the only time today that I will leave the house. Respect. And, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, we got to take this stuff seriously. But at the same time, we all have our coping mechanisms. We gotta. We you know, are the coping. Poke mech- fun. We gotta survive this mentally as well as physically. So mentally you know. is the harder part, I think, because yeah, physically man. the odds are greater that you're not gonna get it than you are. Which, by the way, is not something we're like taking lightly. But I think more people are gonna be affected by the mental side. You know, like a week ago, jokingly, Dana said to me, "You know, how are you gonna deal with being home if we get quarantined?" And I was like, "I don't actually know what I do. I'll probably wind up, you know, locking myself in a padded room." I'm really going to have to work on that because even the first night I was pacing around in circles. Like I don't really know how, what to do with myself in a scenario where I'm not working. So we got, we got to find ways to still be able to connect yeah. with people. So like instant messaging has really helped me. Internet dude. Um, like st- still staying socially connected while also being distanced and also healthy separation from news. Absolutely. Like I, I, I usually, you know, what I've started doing is like, all right, I'll check in on the news like once, maybe twice a day. Yeah. And then there are places like find, like for people in Philly, the Philly uh, Department of Health like releases well, updates. I, I think more than anything, because, you know, we always harp on the Internet and the culture around it and things like that. But this could be a period of time where you can see a shift and things could really be utilized in a proper way. People could be connected and what can be used for what it's meant for. Um and you know we're gonna get to the possible spins, like the spin zone that we can put on this later on in the in the in the pod. But um, I think num- one of the first things I wrote down was, dude, look for the right information. Don't just read shit on Twitter and take it as as you know. You gotta dogma. find your source. Yeah, like, find the one source that you trust that you're gonna check in with, like you know, once or twice a day, and then yeah. leave it at that. Anything CDC else- is probably the place to go. CDC, like even more locally to, to Philly as well. Like just usually, you know, whenever we get news, there's like a few points that we can distill it down to. So make yeah. sure you're only getting that and not all the extra stuff that's going to get you stressed out. I don't want to hear what your aunt's friend said about what's going on in Italy. I want to find out exactly from the source. And even, 
Because I'm skeptical generally because even like the first people, somebody was like, yo, I just saw this video about somebody who survived coronavirus and like they're saying like this. And I was like, part of me thinks like there are some absolute freaks out there who would make these videos just to get clicks, say that they had it and don't, which I get worried about that kind of stuff. Like I, I actually think about that kind of shit. I'm going to focus on facts and stuff from trusted sources. I'm not going to focus on people on the internet. You know what I mean? Well, right. And like, you don't, don't. The most one of the important things is that you know you hear things about things closing. You know all all non-essential businesses are shutting down in Philly at 5 p.m. today. Like Crazy, a lot of people man. are going to hear these just very broad brush um, directives from very yep. high up officials. The important thing is that this like it's really easy to look at that and say like that's an overreaction or like I was this, that person. This is, and but like the important part is that we hope like if. If this whole like public solving this virus yep. through public health measures as opposed to like a vaccine, if this is successful, then it will be looked back on. We hope that people look back on it and say that it was excessive. Everything, everything, because that means yeah. that it would have it will have worked. William, this is why I'm happy you're on, and I've been waiting for this podcast between me and you for a month now because we've all, we've only been doing this for a month, and I I really feel like we're taking great strides in it, the podcast, but. Um, there's a lot of times that after studio sessions or something like that, it always comes down, I feel like me, you, and Erica, and we have these like kind of deeper, expansive conversations about things. And I like it because sometimes me and you tend to be on different sides on things, but it's always a very respectful conversation, and I always feel like I learn something out of it. We always meet somewhere at the end. That's the thing, too. And I mean, that's once again when we get into conversations about different things like I don't know, like uh, just political shit. We're on the same side politically, but I feel like we have different leanings on certain things. Um, but at the end of the day, in interpersonal conversation, as opposed to you know uh, fighting over blogs and fighting over Twitter, me and you always seem to come to a conclusion where we're pretty much we understand the other person's side. We might not even budge, but we we wind up understanding the other person's side. Well, I think that's more common when you're talking to someone in person. Absolutely. Like when when you're talking to someone on a on a social media site yeah, or yeah, on a blog posting or anything where there's no there's repercussions. A screen between yeah. you. You're never gonna get to the other person. What does me call those Twitter fingers? No, I'm sorry. Drake called that about me. He got Twitter <laughs> fingers, man. Um, so I want to go into quickly because you know, will will change the band in a lot of ways, and will I? You know, I'm interested. Like I know enough about you now, but I feel like it, to other people who might be fans of the band, Will's our saxophone player. But Will's a pretty deep dude. So Will, where where are you from? You know what the? And I mean, my biggest question is. How many fucking things do you work on right now? Well, all right. So, all right. So, where I'm from? I'm from Haddon Heights, New Jersey. It Shout is, out to NJ. It is uh, in Camden County, New Jersey, about 20 minutes outside of uh, Philly, right on the other side of the bridge. Um, in terms of my trajectory, I guess, you know, went to high school in Philly, went to St. Joe's Prep. Go Prep. Boo. Uh, <laughs> Then I uh, ended up at Drexel, okay. and now I'm here. Um, and I'm working on a lot of things. Um, I've got uh, another band, Darla, instrumental funk group. We've been going strong for about six years now. Uh, um, how about Corey Wong? Yeah. Just I mean, occasionally. Off, you know, <laughs> off and on, I, I, yeah, I get called, called to play saxophone for Corey Wong. Um, I've actually got a show coming up. Well, maybe you know, we'll see. Yeah, Same, you know, everything is a we see right now. Yeah. So 
you know, stay tuned anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, you know, a, a lot of projects, uh, this, this like sort of, you know, indie rock group called Were We. That shit is of, so tight. Super recently. Yeah. yeah um, That's with that, Shane that too, right? that one actually gets to play keys on. Shane, yeah, Shane's in that so one. So Shane is our, our touring keys player who's also Erica's boyfriend. Um, and Will are doing a band called It's Were We, right? Were We, yeah. Who's um, the 80s, our friend, 80s-ish type group you're with? The Oh, so yeah, I've been playing recently with this band called Retroglyphs. That's it does, it uh, synthwave music. Synthwave. Um, Frank Cervantes. They're tight, though. Fellow prepper. Oh, super tight. Yeah. Love playing with those guys. That's been probably the most recent um, project. But just like trying to network as much as possible. You know, like I... A couple of years ago, my New Year's resolution was to make it out to as many jam sessions as I possibly could. I think you followed through on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been just trying to meet as many people as possible, make as much music as possible. I think you followed through on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so a, kind of a question that I, I asked Wendy when she came on. And I mean, this is like kind of an interview in a way because we, I mean, we know each other really well. We spent a lot of time together. What was the first time you remember thinking to yourself, holy shit, like, I think I love, like, I think I'm going to do music. Like, when you were a kid, you heard something and you were just like, yo, this is, like, because you've been playing the saxophone for how long? Just I music was, in general. Uh, fourth grade, so, like, 15 years? Yeah, so I was around the same time when I started playing guitar. I was eight when I started playing drums. I was nine when I started playing guitar. Yeah. So, like, I would say it might not have taken me until sophomore junior year of high school to realize that not just like music is what I wanted to do yeah but kind of like if whatever I'm doing like and this was kind of like when I was starting to consider colleges right and like uh, what's your major like that's obviously like a decision everyone's got to think about at some point when they're looking at college yeah uh, if they are looking at college. mine was baseball uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so basically when I was trying to make that decision I was like, okay, whatever I'm doing, if it doesn't involve music, then I'm not going to be happy. Yeah, I'm probably wasting to... my time. Right, right. You know and, I mean? like, you know, I was thinking about going to the college to study music um, as, you know, performance. Right. Be, go to some, like, like a conservatory, something like Temple or University of the Arts, or, you know, I, I had applied to Loyola, New Orleans, Ooh. even. Um, Imagine Noah Will. Down there yeah, well, so, yeah, well, so the thing, what ended up, what ended me up at Drexel was I started realizing, okay, I love Philly. Right. If I go to New Orleans, I'm going to be a very small fish in a very large pond. I'm going to make all these connections, or right. hopefully, and then come back to Philly and not know anyone. And oh, I knew I wanted to come back to Philly. Been? It would have been crazy. Like, I mean, you know, imagine, like, I would just imagine, like, okay, I'm going to build out this ne network, and then what? That yeah, mean, I'm not going to stay home. in New Orleans the entire, like, yeah, have anyway, some pen pals. It would be super cool. And I still have not made it to New Orleans, which I really want to do. You were with, no, you I've, weren't with us in New Orleans. I was not. Cool no. backstory, actually, that we got our first time playing with a saxophone player was in New Orleans. I think this was God. Oh, and you sent me that video in order for me to prepare to it, yeah. play with you guys for the first time. I think this was legitimately God putting, like, inceptioning us into bringing <laughs> Will into the band. So we're in New Orleans. Uh, it was the night after everybody got absolutely hammered. We didn't know that the the heat was on in our room, so everybody was dehydrated, throwing up. Ooh. Like, yeah, it was a mess. So we are in New Orleans and we're sound checking, and there's this like old dude with white hair in the back, 
And he watched our sound check, and he comes up to us after the sound check, and he's like, hi, my name is Bill. First off, holy hell, this might have been like a, f- a future version of you. Whoa. All right, so his name was Bill Landing. He was a professor of oceanology at Florida State University, and he was in New Orleans no for a, a conference. And he was like, I just wanted to come out and see live music. So I went to the Howlin' Wolf, and we were playing that night. And he's like, just so you fellas know, I have my saxophone and my Camry over here if you'd like to uh, no have me sit in. And we had done like four shots of Moonshine between with the other band we were touring with. And I was like, wow. I was like dude, <laughs> go get it. So we that's so, that's the Nola way though. So but he's not even from New Orleans. He was from Florida. Well, like that whole just you know. Well, so bring your horn. And the and like where I was like, go get it, bro. And so middle of the set, uh. I, I go, and we got our special friend over here, Mr. Bill Landing, and he walks through the crowd. This dude has, like, a pencil protector in his pocket. Like, his pants are pulled up to, like, under his, like, nipples, and he just goes up and shreds something in A minor. And we had the time of our lives, and we were, like, we became friends with him. He's friends with me on Facebook to this day, and he uh, he – takes pictures with us. I have a picture of Bill landing in my house in a frame. No way. Because we were just like, this was a, a landmark moment. But after that, we were like, dude, we need a saxophone player. And we went to uh, D.C. later on the tour, and the exact same thing happened again. A random dude showed up with a saxophone and sat in with us in D.C. And we were like, there has to be a reason why all this is happening. Come home, hit up Bill Shade, <laughs> old Willie Shade, and look well, at us we met, now. We met through Costa, right? Yeah, we met through Costa, yeah. but that was right after that tour that that happened, that I went to Costa, and he said, right. hey, man, you want a saxophone player? And I was like, that's so weird you would ask. I do. He's like, well, then DM my friend Will here. And look at him, six feet away from me, sitting right here. Um, all right, so let's move on. We're going to go through our regular segments here, and then we're going to get into something that we're going to move on. You know, it's going to be a regular thing through all these podcasts. So the wildest shit that I see on the internet, I got four of them actually this time. Because, I mean, there's a lot of wild shit going on the internet. Uh, the first thing I saw was, uh, uh, it was a, it was a number. Yesterday we touched on uh, New York marijuana delivery services have gone up 1,000%, which makes sense. People still need their weed. Makes sense. Apparently people still need Pornhub because Pornhub's uh, servers are like doubled in traffic right now, which makes sense. You got nothing to do but sit inside. Will's over here not saying there, anything. There, not there are so many. No, there's so many like things. In t- like, I guess you know. There's I, worse I guess things you I could guess be it's doing. like an anthropological study where it's like, what will humans do when when they are confined to only certain certain scope of activities? Search big boobs on Pornhub. <laughs> All right, so yeah. I mean, Pornhub traffic is doubled. Um, okay, so this one pertains to me. We both went to Catholic school. Uh, the Catholic Church has excused everyone from mass for the next like month. Um, but has Jesus? I don't know. That's a good question. Us? Well, I'll tell you what. Here's mm-hmm. what I, I want your opinion on this because I'm still following through right, with cool. my Lenten sacrifice. Okay. I'm still not eating bread. Uh, do you think I can slide on that, or should I just continue? Like, what, is is Lent postponed? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. This is I, well. So, did you did you give anything up for Lent? I did not give anything up for Lent. I um, gave up bread, and uh, it's been killing me. The well, you know, the the Catholic in me, which says you know, no. <laughs> well, no, no. Here, here's what it is. It's I, you, you know, your uh, religious life is your religious life. Absolutely. Your relationship is your like, 
it's all it's all you so it's really about holding yourself to a certain standard and you know if you feel it's kind of like how you approach any sort of work ethic yeah where it's like if you do everything you can possibly do yeah can you help it you know what i'm going to do i'm just going to eat tortillas I think they don't count. I don't count them. I only count like actual breads and hoagies, and I'm a, I'm like a hoagie fiend. So this is well. Tough. It's like I mean, you know, for the time being, grocery stores are still open. Yeah. You know, we're still. I don't think they're going anywhere. Yeah, no, they they can't. No. That would be. Dude, shout out to the people working at grocery oh, yeah. stores right now because you guys are real ones. I haven't seen any outrageous shit yet. Like I didn't go there and get like tackled, um, and I actually had a really good experience to where I couldn't find a cart. Or like a hand cart. Yeah. And some dude actually ran over to me while I had my groceries in my arms and he just held the thing and he said, Gotta look out for each other. And I was oh, like nice. I was like, there there might be some sort of once again, you talk about anthrop anthrop anthropology, like the study of human beings, sociology. This might be some sort of giant experiment where we wind up actually finding more out about each other. I think I think regardless, I was just talking to my friend about this. Like we're gonna be appreciative appreciative of a lot more things in our lives 100%. after this is all over agreed um and kindness to strangers is definitely one of them i'm all about that um and also just our own friendships like we don't have to be six six feet apart right now but like yeah we could be hugging each other right yeah now. and i'm gonna appreciate it later. yeah when this is all <laughs> over me and will are doing a podcast while we're while we're like doing a prom <laughs> pose where we're just like spooning each other um all right third thing uh, me and Will were just talking about this. Uh, all these videos going around Twitter of people on Italian balconies, like singing songs, yeah. which is cool. The original videos are cool, but Will didn't realize that some of these are fake. That people were dubbing songs over them. Really? Yeah. Uh, so Will was not aware of what Stan accounts are. Uh, Stan accounts are like if you ever like go on a Twitter thread. And then it'll be, like, a conversation about the NFL or, like, politics. And then randomly there's, like, a K-pop video that somebody just, like, randomly puts in there. You never see these? Just, like, complete, like, non-sequitur. Has nothing to do with anything. Replies but they're just, yep. to things. And it's just people who are, like, overly, you know, what a stand is. A stand is, like, uh, it's a reference to the song uh, by Eminem. Tears not good, I'm wondering why I got out of bed at all. And the character's name oh, is Stan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so oh. Stan are like super fans. Um, and people are like... Right, like, I know I know the, the phrase, like, I stand for that. Right. I stand that. So, for, like, um, yeah. like, Katy Perry fell for it. And somebody, like, dubbed over that it was, like, people on Italian balconies singing Fireworks by Katy Perry. And it wasn't really that. Oh, gosh, And she, yeah. like, retweeted. It was, like, I have the best fans in the world. Oh, and, like, everybody God. was, like, dude, you're a moron. That's not really happening. So people are even finding ways to mess up something beautiful like that. Well, no, like I said, like, the Internet is still very much the Internet. That's not going to change. Never going to change. And so, like, you're going to have the widest breadth of opinions on there you're and also the gonna biggest have douchebags on earth right and 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 that will stay the way it is but also like you know honestly in my personal opinion i'm seeing a lot of really good memes they're oh very my funny God. the meme world is on fire right now yeah and and like yes it, it in the moment it's making light of a very serious situation but we, you, and we you need ha- meme you twitter ha- you have to se- treat it seriously but you also need an escape which is what we're going to talk about later in the pod and uh the last thing i want to talk about because i'm going to talk about this on a different podcast with eric have you been watching love is blind the thing on on netflix I've, dude <laughs> that's funny i finished it so did i oh okay that mean you were going to talk about it because nobody <laughs> else is going to have watched this so uh, another podcast i wish I, I hadn't watched it yet so i could watch it now oh my of all god the time that if I they have. have a second if they have a second season in the kitty they should just drop it now because i need it um 
me and Dana, my wife, the other night, we were just sitting on the couch, and this was when all this shit was happening, and I was like, dude, let's just watch Love is Blind. Let's just do it. And the first episode, I was like, what in the flying fuck <laughs> is this? And then the best thing that I saw... Oh, all right, so we'll, we'll talk first episode. I actually yeah. had to look this up. So there's like all these dudes and all these girls, right? And they're, if you're not familiar, they're separated by walls and they have to fall in love with each other and get engaged without ever having seen each other. But there's these two dudes, that, or three dudes, that just never fucking showed up after the first episode. All right. Well, the, there was the one dude, I forget his name, Rory was his name. Yes, he was like the house like therapist. He was the emotional support for all of the guys who were actually forming relationships. But he never actually wound up being in the show at all. Like he never like went on dates or anything well, like I mean, that. I mean, when you job? see, I mean, you see like very short clips of people you never see again in, at the very beginning because I feel like the, well, na- there was the, the nature of the experiment. You know, they they brought in. I'm just so a curious. Lot of, no, they brought in a lot of people, and it was probably just a dud for a lot of people. Dude, and there was that girl LC who was like mad close to like uh, Barnett, who by yeah, the way, yeah, yeah. player pimp over here, Barnett. I'll get into that. Problems. Po- problems. Mm-hmm. But LC was like made close to getting engaged to this dude, and then all of a sudden she was never on the show again. But the two dudes that I was curious about, one was the dude who's like, I'm five foot four, and I hope I can find a short girl who loves me. So he drops that. He drops his like biggest insecurities in the world. Not only that, he also just blew up the virgin guy. Do you remember he, the, the, the five foot four guy goes, oh. hey, is anybody here a virgin? And the, the one dude, like the banker guy who just looked like an ultimate Chad, raises his hand. And then you never see that guy again. So this these dudes, one is bared his soul, one is told his biggest secret, and then they just never you see, see like, again. Like, the show also has to make a decision on what's going to be entertaining. Uh, that there was are entertaining a lot of versions. Hell. There are a lot of versions of this experiment where they might cast more normal people. And nothing exciting happens. Freaking Carlton! Oh yeah! Oh my Yo, god! No. And you you have to like to to an extent they they cast people who they know are gonna like no, you can't predict that stuff. But no. there's a lot of planning that goes into creating reality television that's entertaining. Well, freaking Barnett. This dude was just manipulating chicks left and right. He's like, I think I might love you and marry you. Next day being like, I don't know. And then, Well, that's so that's the funny thing. Like, the difference between Love is Blind and a lot of other reality TV shows is that Love is Blind is, like, it has a certain inability to be superficial. Yeah. So you have, in some cases, superficial people on a reality TV show that are forming relationships and then are developing pseudo real feelings yeah like, like in the case of barnett like and you you kind of like find out very quickly how there are a lot of people who aren't ready to deal with those types of emotions Bro. and when they get out of the pods and they're living together like they're on their phones all the time like they yeah, the one the one chick in the red hair dude like we're like yeah. getting in arguments because he's like put your phone down i knew she was fake from the beginning and i thought it was kind of cool that he dumped her at the altar by the way if you haven't listened just stop listening now if you haven't if you're gonna but have you seen the reunion show yes they got back all right, together. Okay, okay, okay. All right, anyway so no but like <laughs> so that was a lot of spoilers but yes the the watching people actually come in like people who you would normally see on a reality show who you know are void of a personality or like it's it's all for show or it's all superficial like these people are feeling real feelings and seeing how they react to those the show was drunk and deal with it like it's it's very entertaining dude uh (laughs) last thing i'm gonna talk about jessica more like messica that chick was a mess 
And that that dude, which you, that dude, literally could have walked. The oh my god, I forget his name. Mark. Uh, Mark would have walked out with any chick. He was just like, I want to be married. I want to be married. I want to be married. Well, you realize, like, you know, you're starting to say, like, all right, they're gonna stay together. All right, they're not. All right, they're gonna stay. Uh, like, I forget. I forget the one. Bets. The one couple was awesome, and I think they're gonna wind up staying together. Um, it was the chick who had the speed earrings. I forget her name. And the dude oh, who cried. Uh, uh, Cameron and, and Lauren. Yes. They were awesome. But the whole first two episodes, me and Dana were watching it, and we we're just like, dude, this dude, Cameron, seems like he might have, like, a Buffalo Bill Pitt in his, in his basement because he's just crying a lot. He seemed very emotionally unstable. I was just like, I don't know what his deal is. <laughs> Turns out he was just a good guy. Yeah. Like, you – it's cool because you – get to see the interviews that they do with the individual people yeah. and then you watch the footage of their actual interactions yeah. and you either see like this is making sense and they're being honest with themselves about the relationship or they're just lying to the camera in their interview and saying like yeah i feel like like that was like, Barnett. like Mar- no like mark and mark and jessica too like you know they have just super awkward conversations, oh, and then yeah. Mark's like in the interview is like, "Yeah, I totally feel like we're on the same page." Dude, here. And I kept watching it, being like, "What are you talking about?" She literally is like, "I don't know, man." And he's like, "I think we're gonna have three kids and a dog." Uh, I'm gonna do my last thing, predictions. Uh, Cameron and Lauren, they're gonna live a great life. By the way, she came up because his house is awesome. I remember that being like my first reaction, being like, "This is a beautiful home." Um, and the other thing. Uh, Barnett and I forget the girl's name. Uh, Amber. Amber. They're gonna wind up living. I'm in too a, good at this, I'm, dude. Uh, I was gonna say, Will, you're on top of shit. Um, they're gonna wind up in a double wide trailer with 14 kids and just yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whoa, dude, wild. I was like, oh, these people man. are perfect for each other, but this is a lunatic pairing. All right, let's move on. Um, let's go into what the fuck we've been listening to. Uh, I'll start out. I thought I would go in with a wide range of shit today because I think we need a wide range of things. To, and these are also distracting songs to me. So the first right. one I picked was If You Ain't Here to Party by Luke Bryan. I'll explain. Okay. So <laughs> l- recently um, at the gym, I've been listening to random stuff that I forgot about from college. And uh, me and Ken had this like bonding moment in college with this Luke Bryan um, like spring break album. Yeah. It's all terrible. It's just like crappy songs, but whatever. Um, and Luke Bryan is a special place in my heart because I never listened to country music a day in my life before I went to college, and all the dudes on the baseball team at Westchester loved it because they were all from the country. So I'm the only kid right. from Philly on the team, and I was like, yo, turn this trash off. And they're like, just give it a chance, man. And I was, and I did, and now I love it. So No, yeah, I mean, especially since music has such an ability to put you in a specific place, a specific time when we you listen to it. We had a long conversation with, yeah, with Paul like, about that It doesn't night. matter what it is as long as it, evokes like a certain sense of nostalgia for we'll you. go to your first song what sort of sense of nostalgia do you got will all right so uh the first tune i've been listening to a lot recently is this song by this group called jazz spastics Ooh. um it's called bombs over beats bombs over beats um, and it's literally like there's just something about when you put a hip-hop beat over like a jazz yeah. sample or a phrase and it's just like really sick you know, we've been talking so over, much over a simple like piano, like gritty jazz. We've been sample. talking a lot about Thundercat on the podcast, and yeah. I automatically think about like to Pimp Butterfly. But then you think about Robert Glasper and stuff like that. Is it up that alley, like the Robert Glasper alley? It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's like, or it's almost actually more up like the Dilla space. I mean, say no um, more. And I then mean. like you know, just rapping over it and just 
Who's rapping on it? Just a rapper from the group? It's a rapper from the group. Also, it could very well be like rap samples. Oh, okay. Um, but it's it's just like a groove. It's a jam. It's, a jam. it's not really like formatted like a song. It's just a vibe. I'm going to go with a completely different thing. Um, I recently revisited some old U2. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we talk about a lot of like different like stadium ideas for the band. Um, City of Blinding Lights off How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb, 2004. Um I heard it randomly, and I forgot what an amazing record that is. And U2 is kind of like, uh, like it's it's a band that you almost have like a Nickelbackish reaction to. Sometimes some people be like, "Oh, U2 sucks." No, I was a huge U2 fan in I high school. I love U2, man. I, you know, I, middle school actually. Yeah, I mean, U2. I remember like, my first. I think the first song I bought off of iTunes. Beautiful as day. A, um, it was either that or Sunday Bloody Sunday. Well, so uh, we were actually talking about this last week. The first song and that Desire, I, that was another good Oh, one. great song. That's uh, Jimmy Iovine. Jimmy Iovine yeah, yeah, produced yeah. all those songs. Um, but we, the first song I ever did with another musician was I was 10. Uh, there was a, a kid in my class named Matt Ho. Um, and we, he played drums, I played guitar, and we covered Sunday Buddy Sunday by U2. And Matt Ho's poor mom, Ren, who was like the sweetest lady on earth, just had to listen to us do this over and over again. Oh, and, man. And probably butcher it. Oh, terrible. There was only two of us. Uh, you go with your second song, Will. Uh, I'm, so this one's a left turn. Um, it's a composer. Ooh. Uh, her name's Anna Meredith. Anna Misha Meredith. turned me on to this one. Okay, so Misha, um, for those who don't know, is Will's girlfriend. Yes. So we were, So it's funny because so we were... One of the shows we, wa- we watched on Netflix recently was this show called Living With Yourself. Um, oh, with Paul, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, yeah. yeah, yeah so I've he like that. plays... Uh, you know, two of himself because the show is about him getting cloned. But great um, show, by the way. Oh, sick show. But neo soul, I would call it. Oh my god! Um, Punch me in the face with that. Oh, it was sick. It, it, um, so it, it's the song's called Capillary by Human Bloom. Um, it's we're gonna this, put we're gonna put these all on our Spotify playlist too. Oh yeah. So, so like it's it's a really cool mix of like really smooth and super tight vocals. Over a wide range of you know, would soulful, you say like like keys and like hip hop beats, but like sm- smooth keys? They go into like some cool synth stuff. Is it like a also, smoother, like a more soulful Tame Impala kind of a vibe? Um, it's not as heavily. Pro- it's a little bit more raw than Tame Impala. Ooh, interesting. Um, it's it's you can definitely feel the. Like you're in the room with the recording, Everyone. but then it takes you elsewhere. Like it, it, it has a lot of palettes, but I really like it because it's like basically mo- me- most every musical element that's produced is very in the most raw sense, kind oh, of like I the vocals, that. the keys, the drums. Well, like everybody's less produced than Tame Impala because Kevin Parker's right, on a different yeah, planet. No, that's he's a genius. All right, so we're gonna move past what the fuck we've been listening to. Like I said, we're gonna put that on our Spotify playlist. Um, now we're gonna do a segment. Uh, I got a ton of answers on this. Okay. Um, well, there's two. I put up just ask us questions. The other one was uh, suggestions for music to listen to while we're kind of on lockdown. So I'll go over first questions. I screenshotted a few of them because it went past the time. Um, number one, what's the worst commercial you've recently seen? I thought that was a good question. Oh, man. Because um, what's I, the there's – a, there's a commercial on um, – it's making the rounds on Hulu, I think. What's it about? Realtors. It's a bad realtor. 
Oh, I can't. I can't I know remember too so many details about so it. So mine is one where it's like people. There, it's like a, a back and forth, and it's like a, a pet peeve thing of mine. But the one is a dude brushing his teeth, and there's foam coming out of it, like a ton of foam coming out of his mouth, and more and more, and it literally makes me sick to my stomach every time <laughs> I watch it. I can't do. I hate that, dude. I hate it so much. Also, people responded like I said to somebody, and they said they hated the Limu Emu commercials. I love <laughs> Limu Emu. Um, all right. See, this is a this is a fucked up question because somebody I know put this in here. What's the dumbest way you've ever been injured? I think everybody knows my dumbest way I've ever been injured, uh-huh. and it involved uh, a rifle and a scope and slicing my face open. So, fuck you to whoever wrote that in because I know who you are. Um, what's the dumbest way you've ever been injured, Will? Um, so I I actually had to get my ear glued. What? Um, like back onto your dome? No, 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 no. Oh, it was oh, just no. a small split at the tip, like the tip of my ear. Um, just like didn't even require stitches, just oh, the cartilage. Okay. Um, but the way the way it happened was, I was teaching my younger brother. He was at part of a like a youth like golf camp for a week in the summer. Yeah. Um, and so I was out there afterwards, like in at the driving range with him, showing him how to uh, like basically swing and like yeah being a good big brother yeah 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 so i was sta- i was standing behind him and what he was doing was he wasn't lifting his club enough back to get enough power to f- follow through so he just like oh. he would just go like boom and so i was like no you got to bring it back up to here he and so it. i lift it back up to to the right because yeah we're both right-handed swingers he's oh jeez don't don't you're put that thinking in about no, 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 no. <laughs> um so no so he fought so like I'm like, yeah, you got to take it up here to, to get enough power to, to follow through. And so he takes that and then does a full swing. Oh. And then it comes right back around to the other side and hits me in the side of the head right on the ear. That is a pretty dumb way to get injured. And I was, it was like, you know, seeing stars, all that good stuff. Got, uh, got like a – had to get a CAT scan or whatever. I got one final question here that I can't really answer because I think it's too close to home. But okay. it's, what's the worst smelling city you've ever been to on tour? <laughs> does, does Philly mm. count? <laughs> is our own hometown count? Well, no, see, uh, you know what? I, I actually New, New York City. I mean, New York. I mean, because like, I've been on, I've been there on those nights where the the curbs are just New piled York with hot mountains out. of trash. I was at, we were in New Orleans the week after. Um, uh, Mardi Gras. Oh, that'll take it. Yeah, but I mean, I don't want to... They all smell beautiful to me. So <laughs> those are our questions. Uh, the other thing, just a couple things I, I put out to the fans. You know, give me music that we should check out. So I'm going to list a couple bands, shout them out. I got a lot of people saying the new Niall Horan record, the guy from uh, One Direction, which I like him. Oh, okay. Um, I recently saw Harry Styles' um, Tiny Desk. And I, I, we got Harry Styles in there, too. I Good love stuff. that record. And shouts out to Peter Gabriel for letting him cut the record at mm. his studio. I'm a huge Peter Gabriel fan. Uh, Cave Town, uh, Half Past Two, Hey Ocean, Weathers, Porches. Oh, Porches, man. Um, hold on. Camden Wells. Don't know Camden Wells, but I'll check it out. Uh, Sleep House, they're a Philly band. Uh, Reigns, The Breakup Plans, Armors, Arms Akimbo, The Happy Fits. Somebody told us to listen to the new single from The Killers, which I did, which I really do like. I'm a huge Killers fan. Oh, I got to check that out. Um, we got a couple more. Queen. I, we all listen to Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but shouts out. Harry Styles, Elton John, Billy Joel, 
Dill Casino, our boys, yep. which I have been listening to a ton of Dill Casino. That's a good show in D.C. 1975, really. The Struts, Sam Fender. I've never gotten into Sam Fender because I can't get past the fact that his name is Sam Fender. Like, I feel like that's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. But apparently he's pretty good. And then Automatic sponsorship deal. Automatic sponsorship deal. So get a lot of like responses, and I love that. Nice. Um, so Thank you, Internet. Yeah, thank you, Internet, everybody who's working out there. Um, so... The main thing we want to get to with all these like kind of like mid-crisis sessions we're doing here, let's think of ways to distract ourselves. And uh, each, I'm giving each of the guests that we Squirrel. have on. Yeah, squ- exactly. That's what my brain is like. Um, and so we're kind of doing a coronavirus like survival kit in a weird way. Just things that people wouldn't expect. Like, like, what, would, like what would distract us? Like what is our thing? So I gave Will two. So I gave Will... Because I mean, we're apparently delivery still open, and we're a lot of restaurants are shut down. So, uh, your three basically like desert island uh, fast food spots, because we're gonna be eating a lot of that. I yeah, believe. Yeah. So, fast. Well, here's the. I I went on a huge grocery trip recently. So did I. So did everybody. Um, really trying not to, no like. I really like the restaurant industry. Obviously, hurting real bad. Real I'm, bad. I'm just trying trying to make as much food as I'm gonna eat. Um, or make as much food as possible for myself to eat. Um, but fast food restaurants that I, if I was limited to only eating at fast food restaurants, um, does Wawa count? Yeah, Wawa counts. All right, well then definitely Wawa. So Wawa's number one for you. I feel like the widest range of nutritional. Uh, now, if you're not from Philadelphia or the surrounding areas or Florida randomly, they have them in Florida. Wawa is like a, like a super gas station, but it's also like a deli. It used to not be a gas station. Yeah. It's just a it's, convenience it's like a store. Deli, yeah, deli. Um, Royal Farms, uh, think uh, Sheets. Uh, Those are the, yeah, I guess the Mapco. most comparable. Yeah, but they're not though. Yeah, exactly. But like, you know, Above average, like w- better than you would expect. Hoagies. I didn't put Wawa down, but I well, I should have. Uh, I'm gonna go to my number one. I went Taco Bell. Um, I think Taco Bell is the best. Uh, see, I'm not a big fast food guy. Like I I eat yeah. pretty healthy, but if I'm gonna go get fast food, uh, I'm getting Taco Bell. I love Mexican food, and I've long said that me- Mexican food is the best food because even bad Mexican food is great. Yeah. So and you can also. One of the realest tweets I ever saw was everybody wants to hate on Taco Bell, but talk about how good Cadoba and Chipotle are. But who was there for you when you had no money? Who was there for you where you can get nine items on a menu for $10 and be full? Taco Bell. And also, if we're all going to buy so much toilet paper, why not use Taco Bell? Because that's what it's there for, bro. Um, go to your number two. Uh, so, yeah. So, Wawa's number one. My number two probably Wawa. Or, uh, sorry, Wendy's. Ah, Another I have Wendy's. Dude, Wendy's is yeah. the best burger spot. Yeah, and you know, like it. I like the crispy chicken. I guess like the four for four is a good like four for four is a get, lifesaver. Yeah, you get like a a smattering of everything. I picked up Dana and her friends from the bar one night like two months ago, and they were all hammered, and they were like, "Go to Wendy's, go to Wendy's, go to the drive-through," mm-hmm. and the uh, her friend Carly was in the back and was like. Get me, get me, uh, like sweet and sour sauce, please. What? And I got like fifty packets of this, like sweet and sour sauce, and the dude basically like, threw them at me. And like, I la- did not know Wendy's. Last game. week, I was cleaning out my car and found two of them oh, underneath my seat. No, but Wendy's is the. Go- I think that is like the square burgers, man. They're they're fresh. Yeah, and and the ability to swap out a drink for a frosty is Baller. so clutch. Uh, number two for me is 
a childhood special of mine, Popeye's. Popeye's yeah, chicken. All right. Dude, so we were at Popeye's house. We were not a KFC house. My dad got Popeye's like every week. Um, so to me, Popeye's, because Popeye's got popping this year with the chicken sandwich, but to me, Popeye's spicy fried chicken, their fries are unbelievable. And I think we're all going to need something to knock us out at a certain point in this, like just like put us to sleep. And I think Popeye's is the ultimate sleep food. And for some reason, I just don't see Popeye's closing. So yeah. uh, Popeye's is my number two. Goody number three. I feel like I just need the occasional pizza in my life. And oh, so, yeah. you know, Domino's is. Oh, that's your pizza spot. Like you're like, because you're not, we're not going like corner spots, right? You're talking like. Well, we're talking about fast food. So yeah. like chains, I guess, you know, I mean, I was actually also going to say like, if we're going outside of our own geographical area. We got to talk about Bojangles and Zaxby's and Yo, Cookout. Oh, Bojangles is that shit. Yeah, yeah. And Cookout, too. You know, I like never the had Hush cookout. Puppies. They got like 30 like different flavors of milkshakes. Ooh. Well, um, I mean, then we could talk In N Out if you wanted to, because In N Out's West Coast. I true. Just, you know, I'm out here balling, just going to the West <laughs> Coast. Dude, I, when I went to LA, I ate In N Out twice yeah. in three days. And um, I'm not proud of it, but it was delicious. Yeah. Uh, my last one. So I'm kind of cheating here. My favorite food on earth are wings. I love wings. True. I guess I'll name Wingstop because it's the only fast food joint I know that specializes in wings, but I will take any corner store wings. I don't care. Dude, I'll go to like uh, even like some Chinese restaurants down in, in, yeah. in neighborhoods have great wings. Um, oh, you got it. The, um, in D.C., you can get it with uh, mumbo sauce. Bro. Wait, the, the spot around the corner from the studio that does, like, the Korean barbecue sauce wings. Mm. You ever had them when we were there? They're super spicy. Oh, no. man. Wings are my favorite. So anywhere yeah, that carries wings, wings. Wings are up there. So in totality, we have Wawa, Taco Bell, Popeyes. What was your, your second? Oh, Wendy's. Wendy's. Uh, you said your fourth was. Uh, no, my third one was probably, like, uh, wait, what did I say? Your third one was oh, Domino's. Domino's. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went anywhere with wings, so I picked wings. Shout out to Rick Ross for creating wings, though. <laughs> um, all right, so our second portion of the coronavirus uh, like escape kit, our little... Uh, I picked Will, because this is a tough one. I wanted to like save this for the right person, but I went albums. So think of your Desert Island albums. And to me, I thought about it in the perspective of like things that I will listen to over and over again, my favorite albums, but more than anything, things that'll just kind of keep my attention and take me away. Um, two of mine, two of mine you've already mentioned no in this shit. podcast, believe it or not. All right, well, I'll start then because I, I think I'll let you, because I let you start last time. Um, my first is my favorite album of the last 10 years. Um, it's something me and you definitely bonded over. Uh, Malibu by Anderson Pack. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Malibu, front to back, um, is a masterpiece. I think it re- it was just like this like landmark moment for me to kind of like listen to someone just go and do their own thing. But more than anything, it, it the interludes and things like that really put you in the space of the album. Um, and j- even the features that he had on it, he had Talib Kweli, uh, Schoolboy Q, Rhapsody, oh, yeah. like. Just unbelievable features. Um, Malibu would be my number one survival guy record. So, okay. what's your number one? Uh, I didn't. I didn't really rank them. But what I'll say first, and you mentioned it before, was it Black um, Radio? No, oh. it's To Pimp a Butterfly. Ah, uh, Kendrick Lamar. That's an escape album. That is that is like the landmark, I think, turning point hip hop album 
Uh, it's the most important hip hop record of the past ten years, maybe past twenty. Yeah, years. most important, like most important, and, and like the way, the way that it incorporated jazz and soul and like Shout powerful hip hop, like powerful ly- lyric lyricism. Me and Paul talked about this yesterday because we were ranking. He had this like this list. It was like seven rappers long, and it was like list the best rapper, and it was J oh. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, Drake. Meek Mill, Chance the Rapper, Logic, and Big Sean. And oh, Common wasn't in there. No, no, these were just a random seven people. Random oh, okay. seven people. Gotcha, it wasn't gotcha. like uh, the goats or anything like that. Um, and I had Kendrick as two. We were just saying like off bars, just off bars, not not body of work or anything like that. Your number one was Cole. Like Jake Cole, yeah. Cole, I think Cole can rap around anybody, but I did say that in the context of like a Mount Rushmore later on down the line when they're talking about the greatest of all time, there's. Nobody currently doing it who has the opportunity to get on one more than Kendrick. Well, here's the thing, like, you, and you're talking about best rappers. I'm saying that to Pim Butterfly, like Kendrick Lamar cannot just be reduced to his and lyricism and rapping, like which the makes production him an value, great. the musicianship. Like, like you mentioned, Thundercat. You mentioned like Robert Glasper's on that album. Yeah. Kamasi Washington's on that Unbelievable. album. Unbelievable. Spud Searight's on that album. Like. It's it's George a, Clinton's it's a, on that album, a, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's, He's on the, he theory. opens it up. Yeah, like so, like basically that album is such an amazing snapshot of that music scene, like and of, just Af- of music in general, and well, especially at like, the time, like, African American music and, and what it means to the to America and what it, it means to I, I don't know our culture as a whole, but just a snapshot of like the history of American like African American music. It's it's unbelievable that someone in today's day and age could get all these legends and the people that have shaped the music that we've loved for so long together, and that's what makes Kendrick a goat. Oh yeah, like and I, I know me and you have had this conversation many times about the impact of that. And uh, you're and in, what year was it? Twenty thirteen, twenty thirteen, twenty twelve. No, uh, let me no because twenty twenty twelve was. Um, uh, 2012 was his day. Ma- it Duke was either 20, No, it was tw- it was in, it was either 2013 or 2014 because I remember my my album on repeat up until then was Black Messiah by D'Angelo. Oh my and, god! And, still one. And more. How once, do- once Butterfly came out, I I was a I fully converted to that. Let me see real quick. Uh, to be part of, I was 2015. I thought 2015? we were. Wow. Yeah, okay. There was a three year gap between Good Kid, Mad City, and To Pimp Butterfly. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right. So, damn. Good pick, Will. Yeah. By the way, to anybody out there listening who's a music nerd, don't think we don't know what the fuck we're talking about because we do. <laughs> um, my number two was my favorite album of last year. Um, and just someone who I idolize and I think I've, I've taken a lot from uh, was Gary Clark Jr. Uh, this yeah. Land, which, by the way, when I first heard the record, I didn't fall in love with it right away. Um, but this is once again a record that puts me in a certain place, and I really appreciate the way Gary um, incorporates more than just what's expected of him. He doesn't keep doing the same thing over and over again. He really incorporated synths on this, and he started to sing more in a falsetto and do kind of lean not even as much in a blues way. as like, He has princey moments on this record, which I say that in the highest regard. Yeah. He sings a lot of falsetto. He's using horns, and he's, he's, he's stepping out, and he's not a one-trick pony. And I pe- think people kind of backed him into a corner on that. You're right. And he fucking came out swinging. This land is, is um, you know, a voice in, the, in the, you know, the Trump administration era that was something that a lot of people felt. But this man literally came out and said, you know, I'm America's son. Fuck you, like this is where I come from. Yeah, and I, and think, like, I feel like he made 
he made a, a turn in his in in his music yeah. toward like and and a very he made a powerful statement that I think a lot of his fans didn't see coming. I also really enjoyed the fact that it, it, once again, this man and it's something me and you and the rest of the band work on too. Not being a one trick pony, he has a song like. Um, you know, feed the feed the babies, which is a very like falsetto princey type of vibe with horns, and then he has a song like "Gotta Get Into Something" that's like this like dirty, almost kind of a fucking punk song. It's like a it sounds like a three piece, and I was like, dude, this guy's on a different level right now. That's why I said it was my favorite record of 20, 2019, and I, I I put it on my my Desert Island. So yeah. go for number two for you, Will. Well, yeah. So you said Desert Island album, and so like I said, like. I need that that vibe album yeah. that I can just put on and like go to a different place. Yeah. And that for me is Robert Glasper in my element. Oh, okay. is um, that before or after Black Radio? It's before. So okay. like that's when he was really more solidly in the jazz realm. And, before he stepped out and, and did less, more little hip hop. Yeah, like I mean, you still had hip hop elements, obviously. Right. But but it was it's very raw, very jazz focused. It's um, very live, and, so, you, and it's you're, just a trio. Yeah, and you're way more familiar. Like I got Robert Glasper trio, actually. Yeah, who's yeah. in the Robert Glasper trio? Is, is do you know anybody? Yikes! On that album, is um, Pino Palladino involved? The bass player. He works with dude, a lot you're of people. Catch me on these details. I don't know. I know. Um, I apologize. I don't th- no, I don't think. I'm such a nerd for things that you know. Like, cause you you this is a world that you live in. The jazz kind of fusion world, like things like that, and. I got introduced to Robert Glasper through a record called Black Radio that he did. He has a Black Radio 2 as well, but it had like most deaf on it and, and yeah. all these different rappers. And it's a, it's a really beautiful album. Um, but I know you are far more versed in. So, yeah. So if, if you listen to Black Radio, like In My Element is very, very different. It's, it's much more raw. You, you feel like you're just in the room with, with a grand piano and you're, wow. and it's like very nice, just melodies. And it's, it's a, it's almost like a like. Is there a comparable get, you, artist that you would like point it towards? Or it's like a an dinner album? music playlist, honestly. Like, it's really sick. Like it, it's just very tasteful jazz, um, and it's it's chill. And he wants. And he's he, just like, like he's, he's in his element, and he's just. It's just piano jazz musings. Do you think that he purposely cut it to feel like you were in the room? Like, did you think that he wanted you to feel like you were in the studio with him? Well, I mean, maybe I maybe that's what the, the the album title is hinting at. It's not only he's in his element, but he's bringing you into his element by listening to the album. Damn, that's heavy. Good call, Will. <laughs> um, my third, um, it's an artist that I talk about a lot. And uh, for me, I, when I talk about artists that make you want to feel like you're in the room with them, uh, Mac Miller's Faces Project, mm. Faces is a mixtape. It was between... Watching movie with the sound off and the divine feminine, I believe was or no between watching movies with the sound off and good AM, um, and this was when was when Mac was at his most drugged out, at his most reclusive, and it's a twenty two song mixtape that you literally feel as though you're sitting in his studio in his house and doing lines of cocaine. And living in this paranoia and this like fear, not even fear, but this like admission of like death is around the corner. And it's so heavy. If you can put yourself into that and listen to the record all the way through, there's no, there's transitions between every song. So they're all connected. You can listen to the record and one song will end, another one will just start. It's just one continuous. That's cool. And it's, it's, it's a fucking experience to listen to. And I still do it once a month. Like I'll listen to that record and it just inspires the hell out of me that somebody, 
got to this point of reclusive genius, but also self-destructive artist. And uh, I, I, I don't even envy. I don't know if I envy it, but I, I admire it. I admire the fact that somebody was that honest with me on a record. And so that's why I put that on there. Yeah, very cool. Um, so the third one, I was, I was just thinking. I had so many ideas, you know. I. So, I was thinking. I feel like I need a. Like I, I was thinking about J- like Jacob Collier is an artist that I I admire a lot. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the desert island aspect of it changes a lot of things. Right. And you know I can get, you know, really cerebral with in my element and just like think about stuff, or I can just admire incredible production. Um, yeah. In To Pimp Butterfly, I feel like I need that like catchy pop album. Oh yeah, I always need and that. And so like, my for my third album, I'm thinking like, man, I, I, like songs about Jane. Oh my um, god, that's a, that's a Desert Island album, dude. You know, like, I yeah. mean, like close second, Monkey Business. Who's Monkey Business? Uh, uh, Black Eyed Peas. Oh, okay. Wow, you're um, really going pop. Yeah, and 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 uh, also. This isn't really pop, more pop in sense in the term of like how it feels. Jukebox the Ghost. Ah, uh, really cool band. Three so, piece. So just like really like nice, you know, catchy, Earworms. feel good. Yeah, like and, and it's gonna like. I think uh, I know, uplift your mood. I think I know every word to songs about Jane. Um, this is Maroon Five. If you're not, it's yeah. their first record. But like one of my favorite pop songs of all time is on there. Uh, Must get out. By, mm. by, I've been the needle and the thread, weaving figure eights and circles around your head. I remember hearing that when I was even younger. The, even the deeper cuts on that album, dude. Um, Tangle so is, yeah. is that's a beautiful work of musical art. Like, mm-hmm. um, but it's jazzy and funky, and then it has bigger rock moments and things like that. And right, fuck, that's a great record. Well, you're fucking great. Cheers. I'm going to cheers you from across the room, dude. Speaking of, speaking of cheers, this podcast is sponsored by Two Robbers Hard Seltzer. Uh, Philly <laughs> Original, 5.2% alcohol. Uh, comes in a bunch of flavors. Will, you know it's going to be a hot boy summer. Got to get that. Got to be looking right. After all this oh, shit yeah. blows over, get on the beach. You don't want to be the dude who spent their entire time just not doing anything. Uh, if you're going to be drinking, this is very important, actually. Support local Philly businesses if you are in the city. Support your local businesses around because people are working on thin-ass margins. Oh, yeah. Support two robbers. Support our people. Um, Get squ- that nice, crisp Celts. Oh, Celties, dude. Will's in a big Celts guy. Oh, yeah. Um, Whether it has booze in it or not. Big Celts guy. Um, last thing I want to bring up, and we're going to make this quick. Will, do you see any... Because the art community right now is suffering in a weird way because we're all kind of unaware of what's going on. We're all pushing shows back. We're all pushing releases back. The industry's kind of panicking. Yep. Do you see anything that could come positive out of this? Um, so in terms of positivity, I feel like the for specifically the music industry, I, I don't know if it's really anything different than us as a human race. I think we're going to come out on the other side of this being a lot more appreciative of our relationships, being able to enjoy those relationships Agreed. without fear. Um, you know, collective obviously the the cdc recommendation of like no events over 50 people for eight weeks like that's just very directly uh, it's right in our faces at concerts yeah so i think i think i think you're gonna see musicians 
obviously, and they're already starting to do this, like live live streaming things, like but, your boys. But, but the yeah, and but the way that that improves, like music and the music world in the long term, is musicians' ability to break that technology barrier that they might have. Like yep. you know, there are a lot of bands that might not be you know, savvy enough to, you know, set up the interface you did so we can do this podcast in the first place. I and I feel like we're going to have a lot, like, bands are getting more and more knowledgeable of how to have an online presence, how to record video, how to record their own audio. I'm a full believer. Doing things outside of their own music, like a podcast that, you know, is very tangential to yeah. a band's operations. Like I think to me, I think pressure makes diamonds. I'm a big believer in that. Um and I think that I think you might actually see some sort of renaissance come out of this in a weird way. We are all have our backs to the walls. We all have time that we didn't have before. And you have to and be it's creative. Forced. It's a forced sabbatical. And in a fucked up way, it's kind of even the playing field. We're all in the same circumstance. Nobody can be out on the road. Nobody has any leg up on anybody here. So exactly. It, so, so basically, you have a captive audience. Um... So bands are going to take advantage of that, and imp- like, but I think moreover as as people, yeah, this is a chance to do things that you haven't had the time to do. Like, will you read? I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try and read. I'm gonna try and work out more. Um, I'm really 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 lucky that I have the ability to work from home with day job. with the, with the day job that I have. But um, I'm also like. I think you're going to see a lot of people picking up new skills. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've heard of uh, these these master classes that really well-known, like, experts in their fields are doing. Like That's fucking um, awesome. Ro- like, Sput Seawright, drummer of Snarky Puppy, Ghost Note, is, just put out a drum master class. That's so cool. Timbaland does a, a music production master class. Well, I'm going to have to watch that because Timbo's a genius. And so, like, th- you know, they go really in-depth and teach you basically the essentials of their field and it doesn't expand it's it's not just music you know uh, a philosopher will talk to you about mindfulness dude in a you weird know, way like, it's kind of what we're doing though there's a guy there's a guy who like get, like is an expert on italian cooking you can learn that like my mom's can, doing a podcast <laughs> what the fuck yeah but you get like learn learning anything that you you can just set your mind to Anything you want, and that's that's a freeing feeling because it's not a feeling that anyone gets because we're also, you know, we're all trying to pay our bills. We're all trying to make rent. We're, we're trying to work, and we're trying to follow, like, the hobby that we put ourselves into and put ourselves into it in the fullest way we can. Like, but I'm now a- you have more room to bring something else into your life and discover a new passion. I'm a, I'm a, a glass half full guy at all times, and... The scariest thing at this time is being a leader because you are really getting tested to see whether or not you're actually a leader. Because everybody <laughs> can say that they're a leader until the shit hits you're the fan. You're not the only Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. So to me, uh, the way I look at this is the second all this started going down, I texted the group and I said, we're going to be careful. We're going to be mindful, but we're not going to fucking give up on this. Like, this is not a situation where we hunker down and get nothing done. Well, it's the cl- – I mean – like everyone is making lemonade, you know the classic cliche. We've been doing that for <laughs> mad long, though. Like this is this is almost our environment. My mom, I was talking to my mom, and you know we, I've had a we've had a, a rough go of it as a family throughout our time, and, and we've had to make a lot of sacrifices and live kind of in survival mode. Uh, not now anymore as much, but when I was a kid, and my mom said this is nothing new to me, 
and this is the most G thing my mom ever said to me. She was just like, the fuck? Everybody's kind of dealing with, like, everybody's kind of in survival mode now. She's like, I feel like I've been like that way for 20 fucking years. And I was like, you know what? There's no time for self-pity here. There's no time for this. Like, like I, I understand the, the and because I felt it this morning when I woke up. I was very in this kind of a, a haze, and I didn't get out of bed right away, which is weird for me. And then I right. got up. I went right to my computer. I started editing. I started getting the podcast together, and I said, you know what? Fuck this shit. There's no way you're going to slow us down. And it's really tough. Yeah, like, and I, a similar thing, like, you know, getting out of it. It's, it's weird because less and less are we able to connect with the outside world and, like, basically process what, what's going on. So, I, you're you stuck know, in I, your own thoughts. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and you had, like, I don't know, like, I've had a couple moments where, like, there's this weird dissociation between, like, myself and the world or even my mind and myself. Like, these just, like, moments where you're like, is is this even all real? I don't know what's happening. What do I've I even do about it? Entire- like, and so the, the what grounds everyone is, is what you did. Like, go, start editing. Like, carry on Bro, my with whole- all the things that you've been doing. And pursue like pursue something. You have to you have to make yourself busy. It's a conversation that my brother and me have had many times in my life because when we had a lot of things going on in our family, and uh, my brother always used to say like, "Dude, you should probably see a therapist because you can't be alone with your thoughts." Like, uh, and I don't know if that's what it was necessarily. It was more like I am someone who throws himself into their work, and that is my my way of dealing with things. And yeah. I mean, we have a song on the record called Monster uh, that I don't – that is exactly kind of what I'm talking about. Like, I don't know if what I do is healthy, but it seems to be working out all right, so I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> um, just based on time, dude, Will, this was an absolutely fucking spectacular conversation. Yeah, totally. I, I enjoyed it. A- any parting words for the people? Do you um, got- everyone, everyone check in on your friends, yep. uh, especially the ones living alone. Check in with your parents. Check in with your grandparents if you have them. In the words of Marshawn Lynch, take care of y'all mentals. Like, make, yeah. sure, make sure you're like, focusing on some mental health issues here, too, because things are going to get weird. They're going to get weirder before they get less weird. So yeah, and like you know, as much as you think that you might be immune to something like this, and like you're not, y- you know, young people are are less susceptible to it. You know, we all are doing this thing for the sake of the most vulnerable. Yep. So just keep that in mind whenever you're thinking about, you know, going out to a bar or like. Think about you know, your grandparents or your parents getting put in this situation. Like, don't just think about yourself. This th- is the time to be a good citizen. Who's, who's, you know, whose retirement fund just, you know, tanked 30% <laughs> and they're in their 70s. Like, just think about that. Everybody be. Good to one another. Was that the line from uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Be excellent yeah. to one another. Um, Squilly, obviously, I'll be seeing you later this week, but fucking please take care of yourself. Thanks, um, guys, we're going to have a bunch of new episodes this week. Um, stay tuned. Stay safe. Fuck you guys. I love you.